Welcome to the Knitting on the Run podcast. Show notes can be found at knittingontherun.podbean.com. You can find me online on Ravelry and Instagram as Windswept Monique, on Twitter as Windswept Knits, on Facebook as Windswept Designs, and I'd love for you to join our Ravelry group. You can also email me, podcast at windswept-designs-online.com. Hello, and welcome to the Knitting on the Run podcast. Today is June 6th, 2017, and this is episode 12. I'd like to say a great big thank you to my listeners last week. I had a cold, I caught my children's cold, and ended up with a nasty case of laryngitis. And as you can imagine, it's rather hard to record a podcast when you've lost your voice. (laughs) So that's why there was no episode last week. Thank you very much for your patience, and I'm happy to be back. And to any new listeners out there, I know we were recently added to Google Play. Welcome to any new listeners. I am so happy to have you. Segments this week include FOs, whips, stash, pattern stocking, on the run, in the garden, and on the road. Here we go. It's FOs. Yes, there actually are finished objects this week. Stash Dash has begun, which means I'm I'm finally finishing all those pieces I'd put away for the last month or so. First up, I'd finish the Tanwent Scarf by Thayer Priest Parker, also known as I Like Cake. I knit that in Barocco Remix, a worsted weight tweed that is a silk, nylon, linen, and cotton blend. I think I have everything in there. There might be some acrylic, too. have to check the pattern ball to see. Uh, the way the pattern is written, if you, if you knit it as written, the pattern is reversible, and it's got a reversible cable. But I rib very slowly, and she uses a ribbing technique to get that effect. So I tweaked the pattern so that every fourth row would be just knit straight across so I could knit it up a lot faster. <coughs> Excuse me. And that worked. That scarf is now done. This is the second teacher gift for Thing Once preschool teachers. He graduates from preschool on Friday, so I've got it in under the wire. And I can't believe my big boy is going to be a kindergartner as a Friday afternoon. Whew, where has the time gone? I've also finished a Hamelnet hat. That pattern is a free pattern by Emily Straw from the Knitting Butterflies podcast. And if you are a fan of Hamilton, the musical, you need to check out this pattern. I, if you're not, if you're a Hamilton fan, I don't know how you've missed it, but it's amazing. It's got quotes all around it in different size fonts. Um, it's a stranded color work around, and then she does a very creative use of color work to get the star, the star logo at the top. It doesn't quite work the way you think it should. Let me rephrase that. It's not obvious when you knit it. You have to, It's kind of fiddly. But once you do it, it's brilliant. I love the way she did it. Yeah, like You have to really pay attention or you're going to screw it up, which I did at least twice. But it is a really nice way to do it. And the finished um, the finished star on, on the crown is totally worth it. I, I love how it came out. I'm very happy with that. I knit that up using Schockenmeyer's Baby Smiles, which is a fingering weight cotton. The pattern itself calls for fingering weights. But I'm about to cast on a second one sometime soon, and I'm going to try that in a sport weight. I will let you know how that turns out. The the person I'm knitting this next one for 
has a slightly bigger head. I need to go about an inch or two up, so I'm thinking actually using the bigger yarn, but using the same needles might give me the right gauge. I will let you know. I'm hoping to have that swatched by next week, but we'll see. For whips, I have several whips this past two weeks, which is exciting. While I was sick, I got a lot of work done on the Empire Top by designer Lily Go. That is a fitted tunic that crosses across the bust and then joins into one piece for around the ribcage fitted and flares out with sort of A-line bottom skirt, whatever you want to call the bottom part of a tunic. I'm knitting this up in Frog Tree Peekaboo, which is a discontinued bamboo cotton blend. I'm nearly done with the cross bust part. I got an awful lot of it done while I was sick, which worked out really well because I had someone contact me recently on Ravelry to ask if I had extra. They'd been working on a shawl and ran out of the exact same colorway of the, the exact same dye lot of the same colorway I was using on the attached edging. So they didn't need much, but they were so close and really wanted to finish it. So I, I managed to get the tunic to the point where I knew I would definitely have at least a skein of leftovers. So I got that out into the mail to her this week, which was nice to help out a fellow knitter. I know I've been stuck in a similar position before, and it stinks when you play yarn chicken and you lose. I've also been working on what I'm calling the Hitchhiker 3, which is the blue hitchhiker shawl that I've been working on for a while. Now that I've been healthy again, I've been working on that. I'm probably about 80% complete, give or take. I haven't weighed the arm, but I'm, I'm around there, give or take. I'm working on this in Cascades Ultra Pima Sport. As you may recall, I am knitting a family of hitchhikers. I'm working on four of them. I have a dear friend who is going through cancer treatment, so I'm knitting one for her in cashmere, and I'm knitting three for her family in um, the same pattern, but I'm working on those in ultra pima sports so they can get tossed in the washing machine. I am also just cast on a new copy of my own pattern, the Mummy's Tunic pattern, that I released a couple months ago. I'm knitting this up in Juniper Moon Farm's Nev Cotton. I keep wearing my sample for the mummy's tunic, which I shouldn't do. I really need to stop doing that if I want to keep that um, sample for shows and, and for trade work, I guess you could say. But it's so comfy, and I love this pattern. So I need to make a new version of it that I can actually wear. So that's on. I'm just doing the ribbing part right now, or I should say the rib cage part. The pattern starts where you knit a cable to go around your rib cage, and from there you pick up stitches for the bodice and then you pick up stitches for the skirt of the tunic. I'm just on the cable part right now but it's coming along nicely and I can't wait to be able to wear this pattern again because I have to keep telling myself to stop wearing the other pattern. I also started the Stella Maris shawl. I mentioned that in a pattern stocking segment a few weeks ago. I did buy the pattern. It's a little treat for myself because I've been feeling really awful the past few weeks. The boys gave me their cold, and I had it for like a week. I could not shake it. Wasn't feeling good, even though I had to be back doing everything, shuttling the boys to school and karate and swimming and whatnot. You, you know, when you have kids, you become a chauffeur, and I wasn't feeling good. So one day I had the, I knew what I wanted to knit. I had the yarn. I wound the yarn up, and I headed over to the bead store we're lucky we have a bead store here in town, and they are marvelous. If you ever come to Massachusetts, check out Bead Addiction in Walpole. They are wonderful. They are so helpful. They carry um, a really good amount of the size 6 beads for knitting, and they're the nice ones, you know, not, not the cheap ones where the backing comes off on your knitting. These are the good quality ones from Japan. 
definitely recommend them. Check out Beat Addiction. Anyway, back to Stella Maris. So I wound up the yarn skeins and I bought the beads. And one night I sat down and I cast it on. I'm really excited. The yarn I'm using is a gradient kit from Birdie Knits. I have the Coney Island set, which gradiates from um, a turquoise, medium turquoise, down to a white. The shawl starts at the center and works out, so I started with the darkest of the turquoise colors, and I'll work towards the lightest. I chose this direction because the pattern calls for just a little bit more yarn than I have, and I know most designers, at least I do in the designers, and I know personally, always add um, a 15 to 20% gutter, I guess you could call it, to extra yarn just in case. So if someone's gauge is, is very different, they will still have enough yarn to finish the pattern. But not knowing how much of a, of a gutter this person added to their totals, or if they did, I want to have extras, and I have extra white in, it's not the exact same yarn, but it's a really similar color. It'll just be a tiny bit lighter, but it would give me enough to finish the pattern. So that's why I'm going it that way with the leftover white yarn from the Hamilton hat that I finished earlier. On to Stash. We were on vacation this past weekend, and I went to a yarn store I'd heard a bit about from some friends, Must Love Yarn, up in South Burlington in Vermont, and they have a lovely store. Oh, those little rooms go on for ages. It feels like it was so much fun to wander through there. And I picked up a yarn I'd heard about on another podcast. Leslie from the Knit Girls finished a tank top recently in a yarn called Nettle Grove. And I was really interested to try it because I don't hear a lot of other podcasters talk about plant-based yarns. So I picked up a skein of that. It's a cotton, linen, silk, and nettle blend. And I thought this would be really fun to try a new plant-based yarn for me. I've never worked in anything with nettle. I like using different plant-based yarns. I've used a viscose made of sugarcane in the past. That was so much fun and so soft, but it was discontinued. And I do enjoy using both cotton, linen, and silk, um, but this blend is new to me, and I'm really excited to try it, so I'll let you know once I pick something to knit it up with, I'll let you know how it comes out. On to pattern stocking. So, let's talk about the amazing Romy Hill. I've been drooling about her patterns for years, but I've never knit one. I know, I know, it's my loss. She's amazing. If you don't know who Romy Hill is, she designs amazing lace shawls. Go on Ravelry right now, Check out her work. You will be drooling within five seconds. Her shawls are just spectacular. I wish I could design lace like that. I mean, seriously, she's amazing. Being so sick last week, I spent one morning last weekend, or a week ago now, I should say, trying to find the perfect pattern for a thousand yards of a variegated crimson red lace white yarn that I bought many years ago on Cape Cod, Massachusetts. And after posting some thoughts and suggestions on Instagram and Twitter, Romy herself actually responded to me on Twitter, which was really exciting when I'm sitting on the sofa, you know, blowing my nose and coughing my head off and having Romy tweet at me was just the pick me up I needed. And she was really excited about the combination of that red yarn and her Firebird shawl. And if Romy herself says yes, who am I to say no? So I have bought the pattern and I've wound the yarn, but I have not yet cast on yet. I will keep you folks posted when I cast that one on. I'm going to try to get a few other things done first. All those hitchhikers I've got lying around. I want to kind of build up my totals for Stash Dash. I'm not even to a thousand yards yet. And we're already on the second week, second full week, third week. I've lost track of what date it started, but I need to get moving. If I'm going to reach my stretch goal of 5,000 meters, I'm 
pretty sure I can hit 3,000 meters. I'm nearly at 1,000, so that's not a problem. But I am hoping to reach 5,000 by the end of the summer. Fingers crossed. And now on the run. Still no running. But I did do a lot of walking this past weekend. As I mentioned, we just spent four days up in Burlington, Vermont. More on that later. Um, but the heels appeared to have held up really well. And when I went to physical therapist this morning, they are really happy with the way I'm progressing. And the walking actually seemed to have done some good with the scars on my ankle that I'm having trouble with. He was very excited. And I actually heard I might be graduating from PT in the next two to three weeks. So fingers crossed I could use some good vibes because I'm dying to get back to running. I haven't run now since January, February. Oh, I want to go pound the pavement again. You runners out there know what I mean. In the garden. There has literally been no gardening this past week. It has been cold and rainy. It's been awful. Uh, uh, I feel like it's April. I mean, it's June, but it's feeling like it's April. It's, it's like spring in London. It's that kind of cold, constant rain. And I used to live in London, so I, I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> It's that constant cold, cold, cold. So, no gardening. But the previous week, we did get the deck plants in. They are not really organized, but we put the plants and seeds in the pots. They're kind of scattered all over the deck at this point. We have the tomatoes and peppers live on our deck because it's sunnier than our veggie garden. We also planted morning glories and the nasturtiums. We have pots next to our sliding glass door that have trellises. So we have those go up the trellises. Also, we planted some convolvulus and some cascading petunias amongst the veggies. And I got down into the herb garden and planted some chamomile, cilantro, and basil, and also some holy basil, which is if you eat Thai food, that Thai basil they have that's a little bit sharper, almost a cinnamony sharp flavor with the basil. That's what it is, holy basil. If you make pad kimao, also known as drunken noodles, that's the basil you need, and I highly recommend you get this basil because it just makes the dish. If you don't know what pad kimao is or, or chicken drunken noodles or beef drunken noodles, when you go to a Thai place and there's that one dish on the menu with like the four chili peppers, that's the dish I'm talking about. And it's amazing if you like spicy food. Yes, as you can tell, I adore spicy food. If you don't like really, really spicy food, don't eat it. <laughs> but it's so good. And our last segment this week is On the Road. So, my husband and Thing 1 and Thing 2 and I just returned from four days up in Burlington, Vermont. We had a lovely time. It was the 15th college reunion for my husband and I. We met at college or university, and we had a lovely time up there. It was really fun to go back. We got to show the boys around our old college and catch up with people we hadn't seen in years. By sheer dumb luck, we managed to run into my old advisor, and it was so nice to see him. And, oh, Lord, he's got grandkids now. Where has the time gone? And my husband and I also both worked on campus for a little while after we graduated in the IT department. So we got to go and see some of our old colleagues. They're still there. And it was so much fun to see them and catch up and see how their kids were doing. And some of their kids are driving now. Holy moly, I remember when they were toddlers. <laughs> we also got to go to some of the reunion events and catch up with people that we haven't seen since graduation. So that was fun. You know, the people you see on Facebook and you, you type a you know, congratulations, you're married, or birth of your kid, or glad you had fun in Hawaii, that kind of thing, but you haven't actually seen them in forever. And we also caught up with some good friends who still live 
up in the air yet, but we don't get to see them nearly as often as we'd like to because we're down here. It's a four-hour drive. You know, we can you can do it in a weekend, but it, it makes for a long trip up to come back the next day, if you know what I mean. We stayed in a hotel with a pool, which was a huge hit with the boys. I got, you know, they might have thought they were in Disney World for all, all they knew, having the pool every night before bedtime. It was so exciting. We also took them to the Echo Center, which is a freshwater aquarium type place on Lake Champlain, which was lovely. The boys loved it. And of course, we had to go to Magic Hat Brewery, which has been up there since we were up there. If you're ever up in Burlington, you have to check it out, especially if you have kids. It's unlike any brewery you've ever been to. It is so much fun. And the boys actually had a great time. They thought it was a riot. They, uh, it's, it's, if you don't know Magic Hat, let's just say they're a little irreverent. And I'll leave it at that. We also got to check out Switchback Brewery, which is now up there. It turns out the Champlain Valley is now full of craft breweries, so that was a lot of fun. There's, Someone was telling me there's 14 in the, that general area of Lake Champlain. Now, that's crazy, you know. Back when we went to college, it was, you know, Sam Adams was still considered a microbrewery, and Magic Cat was, you know, a couple guys with a steel tank in the you know little corner of nowhere, and now it's a whole industry. It's nice to see. We, of course, had to pick up some maple syrup. You know, my husband's family used to make maple syrup when he was really small. I haven't done it in forever, so we buy it now, like everybody else. And, of course, we had to stop by Ben & Jerry's on the way home, because that's what you do when you're a tourist in Vermont. It's just off exit 11 and 89. Everyone goes to Ben & Jerry's. Don't feel bad if you think it's super-duper touristy. It is, but that's okay. It's fun. The tour is worth it. You get crazy samples at the end. If you're lucky, you get to try a flavor they haven't released yet, which is a lot of fun. And yes, they have just about every flavor you can imagine for sale outside. Totally worth it. It's a fun time. And just behind the building, uh, if you're coming up from the parking lot, you won't see it, but just keep going around the building. There's a playground. Let your kids run off all that sugar before you get in the car and head home. Totally worth it. That's probably enough advertising for Vermont. I know, I know. I love it up there. I lived up there for what was it, six or seven years in college, and we stayed up for a few years after that. So I love the area. Vermont is amazing. It's gorgeous. The summers are beautiful. Okay, one more advertisement. If you head up to Burlington, you have to go to Church Street. Have dinner on Church Street. In the summertime, almost all the restaurants and cafes spill out onto a pedestrian-only road called Church Street, and it's so worth it. It's so much fun. Um, when we lived up there just before we moved to Montpelier, we actually lived just at the foot of Church Street, and we could walk to everything, and it was so much fun. It was you know, a great place to live when you were 21, 22. So, so, so much fun. And it's really kid-friendly. I want to make sure I emphasize that. I know I went to university up there, and there are four colleges and universities up there, but it's totally worth going. You should definitely check it out. Well, that brings us to the end of our show. I hope you all have a wonderful week and keep something great on your needles. Bye-bye. <laughs>